This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Well, hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. And we definitely are going to be keeping it real and giving you lots of fun stuff this week. We have an awesome and inspiring guest. Sarah's here. Sarah Brassard is here. I've never met Sarah, so I love when that happens. It's like coffee time, tea chat. I'm going to get to know her while you get to know her. Now, Sarah is the author of Inside, a guide to resources Within It was published in 2018, so fairly new. The book details the self-care practices that sparked Sarah's healing journey and inspired her work in helping women move from trauma to transformation. Ooh, Sarah, what do you got going on there? We got, we got, we got a lot of men in our audience. We're going to be able to help them? Absolutely, yes. Yes. You know, because we all got stuff, don't we? Oh, we all got stuff. Yeah, we do. And that's been some of the most interesting thing in in regards to guys is that, you know, they'll pick the book up and a lot of my um, marketing is towards, you know, women. And uh, so they'll pick up the book and, and then they'll go, oh, gosh, I didn't realize this was directed more towards women. And then they're like, but it's completely appropriate for me too. And they've written some really cool reviews. So I really Uh, treasure that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know for me, everyone was saying, that's so funny. When I wrote a book, they said, oh, it's going to be all for women. And when I go to the bookstore, it would be 50, 50 men and women. Isn't that something? Yeah. You know, you don't know, know, right? You You just don't don't know. Yeah. So, Sarah, let's get to know you. You live, you just told me, I told her, let's not talk too much because I like to get to know on air. You live in New Hampshire. I do. I do. How long have you been there? Well, you know, I've been here for my whole marriage. So, I moved here to open a store, a retail store, when I was 21. And I never left. I met my husband and we had our children. And, um, we have recently moved to a really cool community called Portsmouth, which is about, 50 miles outside of Boston, and then about 50 miles from Portland, Maine, which is another really hip community. And uh, there's just a lot going on. It's just a great little city. I've never been to New Hampshire. I mean, I've been to a lot of places, but never to New Hampshire. you got to come. I know. I know. <laughs> Everyone says that. You would love it. You know, I have yeah. coworkers and people that work for me that are from New Hampshire, and they're like, Sandy, you would really, really enjoy it. Yeah. All right, so let's back up then. Yes. Tell us about your journey. Like, why a retail store? A retail store and what? Well, it was a woman's boutique. And it's kind of intriguing to me now when I look back on it, because really everything kind of fell apart for me when I was 13. Um, What I would say was a pretty secure family, uh, as far as I knew. Um, And then my mom left uh, for another man. So we were five. We are five kids in our family. And she... um, you know, she had to go. And uh, then three Wait years... Wait a minute, that was... I don't mean this funny, but... Yeah, we had five... <laughs> I was just telling you, we like to keep things lighthearted and laugh at life. But the way you just said uh, we had five kids and uh, uh, she had to go. <laughs> like, 
I know. Well, you know, I think, you know, you... She had to go, you know. You know how things are. Uh, she got a lover. She had to go. She you know? had to go. And, and, you know, of course, that's not how I felt when she left. No, that's not how you felt at 13. <laughs> I'm but, sure there's days you don't feel like that now, too, but... Well, you know, it's 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 really uh, a good way to sort of uh, launch into this, Sandy. You know that this has been my life's quest: is how do I forgive that? How do yeah. I forgive her? And um, you know, three years after she left, my father died. So um, there was just this like double yeah. trauma, you know, like abandonment. Of course, you know, I really didn't want to accept it like that. So what I did was just put on this giant veneer, this giant mask that said, no one's going to know the shame. No one's going to know this, you know, yeah. that I'm not good enough or my brothers and sisters weren't good enough for for them to stay, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So the whole thing with the clothing store is that, you know, I think we go to fix the outside of our life before we even want to think about thinking about the inside, healing the inside. Oh, I'm with you, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. And it was all about that. I'm going to look good. I'm going to, you know, everything's going to be fine. And, um, and you know, it was until it wasn't, right? And, and once it wasn't, it was, I don't, I'm not going to swear, but. It you was, can swear. I can. Yeah. It was a shit show. Yeah. It blew up. Oh, that's it, the word? I was getting prepared for something else. <laughs> oh, I love that word, too. I kind of know what you're going to say. Anyway, so we, um, you know, I had to really take uh, a, a really good look at myself at that point. So I would have been about 30. Um, mm-hmm. If you'd looked at my life from the outside in, at that point, I'd had the store for about 10 years, married at 25 kind of had the dream life, right? Yeah, this is yeah, what I yeah. wanted. And uh, at 30, um, I started having physical responses. So pneumonia, bronchitis, um, shingles at 26. I mean, just like physical stuff started happening. It was like, what is going on here? And and then, um, you know, it was at a, what I call a Martha Stewart Christmas that I had created with my family. And my sister-in-law, who I just adore, came up to me. I think I was stirring some sauce or another, right? All dressed. Yeah. The kids are dressed. Everything's looking yeah. fine. And she looked at me and she said, why are you so unhappy? And it was like, whoa. And, you know, it was just like the crack, you know? And I think because there was such a level of trust, um, she's, she's such a good-hearted person that Somehow or another, I could hear it, and it really changed the trajectory of my life. And then I became a massage therapist. I became a Kundalini yoga teacher. I just, I, you know, I went in a whole nother direction. direction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's that's you know been the healing I did for myself, and then you know ultimately have done this work in the world with, with clients and students for about 20, 20 some odd years. So, so when you had, like you said, the Martha Stewart Christmas and this big epiphany, right? Yeah. Like that's a monumental moment. Like you were just like, okay, this is, this is it. Like you finally, like everything just surfaced. Like you realized, I mean, like just tell us a little bit more about that. Happy to, um, you know, 
and I think I think we can relate to this, right? You know, the, when we have these crazy circumstances happen, you know, it could be something with a friend or an employer or a partner or anything, you know, that they seem similar. Maybe the characters are different, but it's it feels the same. Why does the same kind of situation keep occurring for me? And one time it was just sort of like, whoa, the only common denominator here is me. Yeah. So what does that mean? I mean, ultimately, it's sort of that you can't really change anybody but yourself theory, right? Yeah. And for me, it was like, whoa, it was, oh, my God, that is so empowering and so totally freaky and scary uh, at the same time. Um but, you know, it, it was one of those things that sort of allowed me to take these small steps towards healing um, that really, I, I look at my life now and, I, you know, I, I don't want anybody out there in your audience to think that this is a miracle because it's hard, dedicated work, you know, and it's, for, it's work that we do in our life forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... You know, I look sometimes at at my perspective and and how I interact with you know the biggest the biggest sadnesses. You know that I'd even have a relationship with my mother at this stage of the game. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. never yeah. mind it being a very strong and, and supportive relationship. Wow, um, is pretty extraordinary. So I don't know. I, I I it inspired me to do this work, and it 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 ultimately inspired me to write this book and teach on this book, which is, which is what I do. Yeah. And I, I'm, I thank you so much for sharing your story because it really helps us to look at our, our own journey. Do you know what I mean? In our own lives, whether like some people, I mean, maybe they had has, you know, some type of serious trauma and other people, it may not be like, like, wow, this thing happened in my life, but things happen. Do you know yes. what I mean? You know, Good, bad, ugly, you don't have to call it positive, negative, you know, it's just life. Things that you really, really enjoyed and things that you don't enjoy. And I was thinking about this the other day that some people, you know, we have the tools in their little box to deal with it, you know, better than others. And it's not because of anything else, but they've practiced it, right? That's right. You know, someone guided them mentors i mean i firmly believe not just in i love great books but in the people in your life whether they're counselors therapists you know mentors friends family that also can help and guide and see some things in you that you're not able to see i mean we Absolutely. all we all need that yes and you know before the show is telling you like we have a very wide audience and yes of course some of them have gone through some serious traumas in their life or things that were like, wow, that they suppressed. But also in everyday life, you know, yes. the disappointments that maybe you haven't dealt with and you don't even know it, right? And it goes down deep. And then it, you, you get these little lessons and they, you, don't, you ignore it, you ignore it until they get bigger. And a lot of times they become physical. That's you know, right. something, you know, happens. And it may not be that earth shattering, but I'm all about like doing the work for prevention too. Yes. You know, yes, you got to do it when you're in the thick of things, but if you have some things up your sleeve beforehand, right, it's going to be a little bit easier. Well, 
this is this is a very um, tender time in my life right now. Your words. There's a few things I'd love to um, speak to that you just said. But number one, you know, um, we just had a, a very tragic event happen for friends of ours, and um, their daughter was hit by a car, and it was a hit and run. And we went out to Los Angeles for the funeral. And one of the things that was so profound about this event, I mean, on top of the tragedy, just the tragedy is profound, right? But right. when we saw the family, they were so ill-equipped to deal with this level of tragedy because there was such sadness before this event even occurred. Yeah. And what struck me was that, you know, what I understand and know is when tragedy hits, that's not the time to be doing this work. You really hope and pray that you've got something there, some reserve. In my book, I call it the spiritual savings account. Something there that can can sustain you or hold you or, you know, uh, make you buoyant at some level. Um, The other thing that I I love what you just said, too, and, and, and this is important work that I do with students and clients is... I act as that observer. In my book, I call it the observer. Um, before they really have come into relationship with their own observer. Um, I think that's one of the gifts of this process is that uh, in a meditation or in a daily practice of any sort, what you're doing is you're further cultivating that relationship with self, right? So that all of a sudden you have this experience, this this objective experience with your spirit, or if you want to call it spirit or self, whatever, um, that observes your actions and your interactions. Yeah. And it's a very powerful position, isn't it? It's a very powerful position, yeah. for sure. I mean, when you're saying your our spirituality, and some people say, oh, I'm a very spiritual person, I'm a religious person, um, I don't know how you may not admit you're a spiritual person, but I mean, everyone's a spiritual person, at, you know, whatever level they, I mean, practice it or don't practice it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like you can't separate it out. Yeah. Spiritual is a big word. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big word. And, you know, I don't know if this is helpful at all, but, you know, as I further do this work, you know, I hone and distill my mission, right? What am I doing? Why did I write this book? What, what, you know, and one of the things that's really come to me lately is this whole concept, you know, I'm fascinated with energy and the energetic body. And it's this, this understanding that when some level of trauma, now let's just talk about trauma, right? Because for a hypersensitive person, like you, you alluded to earlier, you know, trauma could be somebody not calling you back after you've, called them and, and you need them. You know what I mean? That could be trauma for somebody. Hey, going out on a date, you know? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy or girl doesn't call you back and you feel rejected. You exactly. Know? Exactly. So it's like, who are we to question what <laughs> trauma is for anybody, right? right but right. that whole idea of, you know, leaving, right? Like, why do people leave? You know, you hear oftentimes in the spiritual world, you know, this idea of separation, you know, I feel separate from, and we leave this inner environment energetically when it no longer feels safe to be there. 
I so, gotcha. Yes. Yeah, so it's like self-preservation, right? We leave yeah. because guess what? This doesn't feel safe. So my work, as I see it, is, and the work that I talk about in the book is really how do we make safe that inner environment again so you can return to do the work of your life? Gotcha. Gotcha. Making people, that's, I've never heard it said that way. All right. That's a whole and, new way of thinking. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's too big a concept. I, I, I just, no, I understand what you're saying. You know, to make someone feel safe, uh, maybe make someone a different thing is peace. Do you know what I mean? Being- right. And, and I think it's, it's not about me or anyone outside of themselves making somebody feel safe. It's like, how do we, through self-care, uh, a self-care process or contemplation or just a perspective that says, I have to consider myself first. And and just that beautiful nurturing yeah. will allow, you know, and that's boundaries, right? That's boundaries right. And, and all of what that includes. But um, so that at some point, and I like the visual, right? Because it's like, okay, I'm leaving, I'm gone. And now you've brought this beautiful space back together and made it home and now it's like, okay, come on back in. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think when you're saying, like, uh, if you feel safe, the thing that I say a lot is um, being at peace, being peaceful, feeling joyful. Uh, that's a different, it's the same thing. You know, when you, if you are accepting, like, I don't mean like, oh, you don't want more. But if you're accepting of whatever your situation is and you're at peace with it, then you're more likely to pass through it quicker through the tough times. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, yes. And, you know, you can see the, like, pure joy of the moment, no matter what the circumstance. Well, not what, but in most circumstances, it's the same thing as feeling safe. Then you're going to be able to overcome and not stay stuck. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you've got it. You nailed it. It's exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. So when you're talking about, you know, being and able to look at ourselves and, you know, accept who we are and all that, like we're talking about, you know, I see here that you're talking about self-sabotage and I think that everyone does that. Like we're, definitely our worst critics. Yes, we are. We are. And I'm a really visual person. So one of the things that has come to me uh, in the last six months is, is this whole concept of flow, right? You know, how many times do we hear that? Get in the flow. And for me, it was like, what does that even mean? I, I don't really even get what that means. And recently, I have had this relationship with flow. And the visual for me is, you know, that, that current of life, right? That river of life, let's say. And, you know, when we're in it, we move around these obstacles that can potentially trigger us or activate us or whatever, or get us stuck. And the, the, what we really do in a practice, in a dedicated practice of self is learn how to, let's say we're going down the river of life and we get hung up on a, on a branch, on a log, right? How do we, how do we release ourselves? Yeah. How do we 
create enough tools that we go, oh, first of all, I'm hung up. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. now I'm going to do this yeah. to, to release myself. Yeah. And because I think that's an important thing to say to Sandy is that many people think, oh, you know, I'll become a meditator. Or, oh, I'll dedicate myself to spiritual practice and I'm never going to have another bump in the road. Well, that's just not true. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, that's And we, we all go a lot of, well, I shouldn't say we all, but many go down that rabbit hole. We think right. we should know better. Okay. Now that I have this knowledge, we should know better. And that's not true. No. I mean, logically, you know, this is the way it should be. But then that habit of adapting it emotionally, you know, takes some time. And I don't know what you think about this, but it was funny because I was, I was just having this conversation. If those feelings or emotions were suppressed for a very long time, then it may, it's not like, oh, okay, you're going to go and within a few months, bing, bang, boom, you're never going to have those thoughts or feelings again. That's not true. It may be that as you go on and you train and you retrain that you get through it quicker and you know what to do when they come up, but it doesn't mean they're never going to come up. Now, if it's a recent thing, like a little thing that, you know, like you were saying, that's a trauma or a trigger, then you're going to get through it quicker. It just depends on how long it's been in there. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know how, like, I don't, how you feel about that, but you know how people, a lot of times they think, oh, well, you should be over this by now, you know? And I think it's such an individual thing, mm-hmm. you know? The most you can hope for is that they recognize it and they're doing the work, but everyone's path is so different. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an important thing you just said. And I, I think that um, one of the most important things we can recognize is that the events of our life, the experiences of our life, are the fabric of our life, right? And so will they ever go away? No, because it's our experience. It's our life yeah. experience. But do they have to hang us up? No. And so when we are on a healing path, a dedicated healing path, what I have found in my own life is that they become red flags, right? Let's say jealousy is your thing. And and all of a sudden, you know, you get the, there's an incident and you see somebody and it's, there's a jealous response instead of a a book that was the number one bestseller. And it's like, you're thinking, what? Why not me? (laughs) What, you know, whatever it might be. Right. I'm just... Yeah, but that's true. But le- but it it's it's there's the observer again going, "Okay, see see that? Do you really have to follow the storyline?" No, you really don't. Is it true? No. You know, and and very fast you can turn that around while honoring it. I think that's a big thing. It's not yeah. about taking these triggers and saying, okay, I'm going to put you over here. All right, just get away. Get away. Come on. It just hurts too yeah. much. It's about holding it. And, and as I like to say to, to clients, it's about holding it, inviting it in for tea, but saying it's not welcome for dinner. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So That's a good way of thinking of it. It's a little, because, ex- it's a little know, experience. Yeah. I, I, oh gosh, I was... I, I don't want to, I got to get this thought out because I was just having it with someone. Um, they were feeling bad, what we were talking about, because the same thought, I don't want to even say it's negative, but not a 
thought that serves them well. Let's put, put it that way, because whatever. And they were getting really upset and feeling so guilty about it. And then the friend was saying to them, you know, are you, did you become a robot or are you still human? And when did we decide, like at what level, this is what boggles my brain, all right? When did we decide we were supposed to be perfect? Like, isn't that like a high and mighty thing? Like what makes us think that we should be above it? Mm. You know, if you look at it that way, you know, you're like, you're not above it. You know, we're in it together. But what is it, Sarah? Tell me, what is it that we feel like we disappoint ourselves and disappoint others and we should be perfect? What is mm. it? I don't know if I have your answer, but I'll try. Um, one of the things I think is that, first of all, there's a level of desperation that people feel. You know, they're, they're so sad or they are so overwhelmed. And how do I even take the next step? And please tell me this will this will get this out of my life forever. You know, yeah. absolutely. And, and and you know that uh, that can be accomplished, but it's it's not as I said earlier. It's not a miracle pill, right? It's not like you take something and it's gone. I think the other aspect to that is that um, you know shame is so prevalent, isn't it? You know, it's such a go to. And I surely have such a relationship with it. You know, as I, I mentioned when I was a child, it was just like, no one's going to know this. No yes. one. What is oh, this? I get it. No, you know. And so I, I think it's just, um, you know, it's a beautiful thing. I, I recently came across a book and it's called, it's a, about grief and it's, um, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And she, uh, this author speaks to it. Um, as you know, in, in the case of grief, you know, that people speak about the steps of grief, right? And there's yeah. only this many grief. And why aren't you through it? You know, you already went through that step. Why aren't you through it? And, and it was like, as she, as she makes reference to, it's like, it's not about ever getting through it and being done with it. It's about tending to it when it shows up. And I loved those words. I thought, yeah. you know, yeah. how do we learn to tend to ourselves? So when, when shame comes up, which it can for all of us, we go, yeah. oh, there you are. There you are. But, you know, it, I, I just love the visual, you know, of holding yourself in that place and just going, you know, like you'd be a little kid, right? There's, there's yeah. no need to, to harm yourself like this. There's no need, you know, let's spend some time together and figure it out. Well, Sarah, let's let's shift gears a little bit here, if you don't mind. Sure. All right. And I know that we were talking earlier about you know how you can apply this to everyday life. Like when you're saying trauma, like we don't. Most people say, "Well, I, you, what do we call it? One upping." You think that's a problem? Do you ever hear people right. say that? Like, <laughs> right. Whatever. But how? What are some little things for like? Every day, like little disappointments that, you know, some things that we can do on a daily basis, you know, your kid doesn't, you know, talk to you anymore. Do you know what I mean? Or they go to college and, you know, you never hear from them. Uh, Your husband like leaves you for something. What are some things that we can do on a daily basis? Yeah. Well, the thing that I always say to myself and to others is that when 
we feel that deprivation, you know, that, that whole, you know, or when I, 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 the visual for me is you sort of holding out that pan, that beggar's pan, please, please give me this, please offer me this, that it's such a, uh, a deep, uh, void in yourself that the, the conversation becomes, how do I fill the void? And I really believe that even the smallest practice, you know, I start clients out with three to six minutes each day. It's a non-negotiable though, that whether that is like pulling your legs over the side of the bed first thing before you put them on the ground and just taking three long deep breaths or actually sitting down for a practice, a breathing practice, um, a journaling practice, anything that allows you this opportunity to come to yourself first before you take your energy out into the world. That that is so transformative that it's yeah. unbelievable. It's yeah. it, people think it could never, never work. How could that work? But it, it absolutely yeah, I, does. I get you. I think how you set up your day, it matters. It matters tremendously. Yes. You know? Yes. Just even anything, like whatever you can do before you get yourself out of bed, out the door, it really does. It makes a huge difference. Right. Because, you know, you're just, you're stopping, you know, what's your inclination? It's like, oh my God, this, I've got all this to do. And we all do it, right? I mean, even those of us that have been doing, I've been doing this for almost 20 years meditating and it's, I still find myself, you know, launching out with these big, huge days. And so it's this act of training oneself to come back to yourself first before you go out in the world. Out in the world, I believe that the observer really comes into play because if you can notice yourself in these activations, then you can do something about it. And, you know, long, deep breath is a huge one. Beautiful, you know, opening... And you know, opening the belly to receive the breath, and then and then bringing the belly back towards the spine. But then there's these techniques. Um, you had me doing it. I'm sitting here. I'm like, talk. I am so. E- I would be probably somebody that would be easily hypnotized. By the way, because you can do it. Yeah. Well, you're sitting here talking about the breath, and I start doing it. It's well, isn't that great? You know, the other one um, that I've really come into relationship with lately is something called the four part uh, box breath, which is, um, say that again, Sarah, the four part box oh, four breath. Part. I thought four. you said flur. I'm like, okay, <laughs> no, four part, that one. four part, um, box breath and it's inhaling to four. So it's one, two, three, four, yeah. hold for four, exhale for four, and then hold out on the exhale for four. Yeah. Okay. Um, there is another thing on on my website, Sandy. There's something called the ten tools that I put together. Oh, that's and what we're going for, girl. It, and it, it actually, <laughs> sorry, I, I, my marketing team didn't like what um, I put on the initial uh, publication, which was. Um, 10 tools to relieve stress when the shit hits the fan. But I said, I want that on it because that's what it feels like. You know, it's like, yeah. oh my God. But one of the top ones on that list is something called uh, stop, look, and listen. So again, here's the observer at play, right? 
you are in a situation, something happens. Normally, you have that knee-jerk reaction to jump into whatever reaction you have. But just to stop, right, and listen to yourself just, you know, through a breathing um, exercise or however you do that, like a focusing exercise, like just seeing a corner of a wall or whatever and just directing your focus there. And then stop, look, and listen. And then just be very quiet. And sometimes it means, can I get back to you on that? or whatever it might mean in that circumstance, but that it can completely change things, you know, because the reactive tendencies are are really devastating to our life and jolting to our nervous system. Amen. I, 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 I totally, totally, can I say that one more time? Totally (laughs) believe we underestimate the simple things we can do to make a tremendous impact on our lives. That's right. That's right. And we think it's so easy that we don't do it. Now I got to stop doing the breathing because you have me doing it again. I I have to like stop doing that, but I like your title. Thank you. Of course I would, you know, um, the, my first book when it came out, you know, they, it's called uh, Train Your Head and Your Body Will Follow, right? But what I wanted it to be is I never say, and it, and it says F with dot, dot, dot. I wasn't going to say F, okay? So I had the title I wanted to be, I never say the F dot, dot, dot word. And it's because I believe in the power of words and what you say and all that. But I couldn't get it. They're like candy. You, you can't name the book that. You can have a chapter in there. So, you know, we... We went with that, you know. <laughs> oh. But, you know, it's all about compromise, you know. You win some, you lose some. That's right. You know, That's you right. Go, you know, you go from there. All right. So I always have a few questions. I ask people before the guest comes on. And I we kind of went through a, a couple of them. But let's go back to this one is more the same thing. It's a more fun I. I don't like to call it a tragedy and trauma because these are just every, you know, day life things. And, and you've, you've answered, you know, a couple of them, but you know, how do you handle a big birthday coming up and not, and this is like saying, okay, ask Sarah, I have the big five O I'm thinking, Oh, she should have the big five O that's nothing, but whatever. I have the big five O coming up. How do you handle not getting bummed, disappointed, thinking, you know, I'm irrelevant, yada, yada, yada. Have you ever had those kind of questions or should we just go? Well, it's really funny because just last night I had a little meeting with a few women and one woman's turning 50 this Friday and she said exactly what you just said, which is crazy. Um, I, they, they feel not seen like that here. Like they feel irrelevant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, men too. I mean, let's let's get it out there. You, know, you mean they, men, not... they feel irrevel- irrelevant because they're turning fifty? Is is that what you mean? Um, I just want to make sure I understand the question. Well, I'm putting words in someone's mouth because they're not here. And I'm just okay. reading, you know. Yeah. But let's just give from past conversations. Uh, they feel not heard as much, not seen, you know what I mean? Like that people in life or whatever, you know, they're just looking to the younger generation. I gotcha. 
I, I, I'm just, I gotcha. I don't know. That could be all made up and you know, who knows? And I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but that's yeah. all I got. Yeah. Let's just go with that one. Well, first of all, I, I think that I don't it, know if that has anything to do with the woman that you were talking about. That's well, I, th- I think age, this is age, right? I think that when the physical aspects of our life start to fade, um, now, I'm going to turn 60 in January, so I'm just that much ahead of, of, of this particular person. But my thought is that, you know, I have more interest in cultivating and, and beautifying, if, if that's a word, um, what, I think it is. what will never I'd change. I use it in Scrabble. Yeah. <laughs> what, what will never change. Yeah. And, and that's this, this inner spark. Um, you know, I, I, I want to answer this in two parts. First of all, if that is your experience right now, you've got to stay with it. You've okay. got to, you've got to hold it. You know, there's no good pushing those kinds of feelings away. It is your reality and it has to be honored, honored as such. And once you can hold that and look at that, the understanding that we all are going to age and, yeah. you know, do we just want to build on something that is so, I mean, is this, is this thought, is this ever going to bring you any joy? Is it ever going to add up to anything in your life? Yeah. And if, if you agree that it won't, then how can I do something about that? Yeah. And, and my, uh, you know, the way I have uh, worked with that is to work on something that will never change, um, will never leave me. It'll change. It will never yeah. leave me. And that's this spirit that, that I came in with, that I live with, and that will leave with me. And I, I don't know about you, Sandy, but I look at some of these older yogis that I, that I uh, practice with they are so beautiful, man. I uh, Oh, absolutely. You know? So I don't know if that's satisfying to her, but that's that's what I would say. Yeah. You know, Sarah, did you say you were turning 60 in uh, January? Yeah. Do you... I mean, I'm sure everyone thinks of age, but I have my stuff, believe me. I really do. But I, age was not one of them. I love celebrating birthdays. So maybe that's why. I, <laughs> I love celebrating life. Yeah. Now, I think of it, ooh, what I'm going to, my attitude has been like, ooh, I'm just getting started. What am I going to do when I'm 50? What am I going to do when I'm 60? Like there's different things in my personality. You know, you shift and you, you change. So I don't know if I just convinced myself, but I've always gotten like excited and change my perspective of what am I going to do then? And maybe it was part of the conditioning of being in the health and fitness industry. Yeah. Like everybody, I mean, health clubs was so much younger than, as I, you know, I started in my twenties, but as I got older, it was, you know, everyone was like so much younger than me that maybe I cultivated that because I had no other choice. Like they were all so young around me and people would always say to me, well, when are you going to start teaching? And I'd say, well, I'm not having fun anymore. It's just like you said, you know, maybe I'm not teaching the same kind of classes, but it's not even just yoga. There's people of all ages and they just love what they do. And you look at them and you don't even really see their age because they're having so much fun doing it. That's right. And you know, too, Sandy, it's about not giving up. How many people do you look around and, you know, like I always say at 50, you know, you can, 
you know, if you go to like a class reunion or something, you know, people are still looking pretty good, you know, 50, 60. If you're not doing stuff on yourself and really working with it, I'm telling you, you're looking, you're looking old, you're looking old. And so it's like this whole idea of, you know, my mom's 90 and she's absolutely magnificent, you know? So it's like, God, I mean, we exercise, we are outdoors, we live our life fully and yeah i don't know i i think i'm pretty hot i don't i don't want to say <laughs> I that. you know what i mean i mean you feel I girlfriend feel... <laughs> i am so proud of you for saying that i mean you, you know what i mean like that's awesome <laughs> thank you that's going to be one of the highlights for me that you just said that <laughs> ladies gentlemen it's, I want to hear more people say that. Aww. That would be great. Especially, like, the females. We're so tough on ourselves. Yes, you know? we are. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I love that you said that. Now, you kids, how many kids do you have? We have two children, a 33-year-old okay. son and a 30-year-old daughter. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Do they live in the, the area? They both live in L.A. Really? So, Yeah. Yeah, which is the great, you know, it's great because they're doing what they need to do and it's they have yeah. great lives, but we miss them. Do you go out? Do they come? We go out a lot. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah, we do. We do. We go out a lot. Well, it's not like a bummy place to go, so, you know, there's no. a lot. No. Yeah. California, it's a good excuse to go out there. That's right. That's right. Okay. Let's get, can we get one more question in? Sure. All right. So here's the thing. This question is more about making that first phone call. And I don't know if it applies to what you you do, but I mean, I, I think it does. How can you prepare yourself to make that first phone call for like a new opportunity that you haven't taken in a long time, you know, because of self-doubt or whatever, you know, maybe it's for a job interview. Maybe, you know, it's for the, the dating game. Uh, maybe you're joining a committee. What can you do to prepare yourself emotionally to build your confidence up before you make that phone call? I think I know what they mean. Yeah, I do. I do. I I sort of get a, a bit of a hit on this that it's just like, you know, this quick fix. Um, and I just want to encourage them that, you know, it's really about getting in relationship with this process. Um, I like to be really careful with that, but I think, Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it's important to say that, um, once you start a practice like this, a daily practice of self care and, and or meditation, maybe that's not your thing, but, um, that that is an honoring. It's a deep honoring of what's most important to you. Okay. And so I think if there's any way to bring bring yourself back inside, and I don't know how to sort of say it in like do this, if you're in practice, um, then it would just be what I would do in my life, you know, what I did for this interview. You know, I just put my feet on the ground. I feel the earth, right? I get a lengthened spine. 
So it's this empowered position, right? Just in your physical body, shoulders are back, heart center is open. And there's just, I close my eyes, I put my hands, palms down on my knees. So I feel this real grounded energy. Mm -hmm. And that way it's just, you get in your body and it's just this very clear understanding that you have a right to be here. And you have Ooh, a... I love that. Yeah. That's very powerful. Like, yep. And you have a right to whatever it is you are hoping will happen. Whether it does or not, honestly, it doesn't even really matter that much. But that you own, that you have a right to it, I think is... Um, oh, I like that. Very important. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's good dealing with worthiness. Like, you know, yeah, you have a right to it. Yes. It doesn't matter the outcome, what you want. You got a right to it. That's right. And putting the feet down. I like that grounding it and your hands. I mean, you're right. I love, it's not a good idea. I've had some accidents. I must admit, but I go barefoot all the time. Yeah. And unfortunately, a few years ago, you know, I I go barefoot and I garden. Well, you know, (laughs) I did, of all the things I do and everyone's like, you shouldn't be mountain biking, doing all this crazy stuff at your age. And... I was in my bare feet gardening at night and my foot got stuck under like a tree branch and whatever. And I broke my foot. So that may not have been as good, but I do like feeling the earth, you know, and feeling it under my feet and and connecting with trees. It just, it does. It makes me feel, um, centered, balanced, you know, calms me down. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So you're right. Even just sitting up and putting your feet on the floor make you feel different. Yes. Yes. All right, Sarah. Now, before we go, I want to just take this time. Is there anything, like I wanted to go over the different points and get it in there and ask some questions. Is there anything that we didn't get in that you'd like to go over or review? Um. I guess I would say, you know, maybe just on the coattails of what was just said as far as you have a right to this, um, you know, th- that's the thing that I am always taken with, uh, with people that start this journey, uh, is the courage to look at these things that keep us so frightened for lifetimes. Yep. And that... If you can just start somewhere, if you can just decide to start somewhere and start small, um, change will happen. And, you know, consistency and, and just like anything else we do, Sandy, you know, practices it, right? Just keep up. Just keep going back yeah. to it. Give it a yeah. try. And... Um, you know, I think it's the most courageous thing of our life, really, is when we can turn towards ourselves and uh, say that we're worth we're worth that time and energy. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna, I'm writing this big down. You have a right. I right. I just love it. Yeah, yeah. Just I like the way you said it, and I think that's powerful for everyone, no matter where your life is. You know, yes. it, you know, you could be in the happiest place ever, but you want to go to the next level and you're stuck and you're scared and you're fearful, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, to remind yourself you have a right to have it. And that I love what, you know, when you were saying is that if you have, everyone has fears, come on, everyone does, you know, everyone does some 
more than others, but everyone has fears and, you know, to admit to them and, you know, be aware of, you know, I, oh, I just want to get this in. A lot of times I believe that when you're ready to face it, you know, it, it, it comes up more. Do you know what I mean? When you have the right people in your life or the ability, then the next thing comes up. Then the next thing comes up. But it's not like, okay, now it's over. You know what I mean? You peel it back. The next thing comes up. The next thing comes up. And to be really, really, I, I want to emphasize this, that, you know, it's okay if, you know, you keep having these reoccurring thoughts, you, you know, it, they're not, they may not go away forever, but how you deal with them is what's important. That's right. right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have a, a friend who she just wrote a, a book too. And she was saying that, you know, in one of her speaking engagements, it's not like, you know, she doesn't have them They're She just is better equipped to deal with it, that's you know, right. yes. and they're not there as often. So that's a good point, Sarah. Anything <laughs> else? Um, I know we covered a lot. Yeah, I, I really I feel pretty complete. I I um I just love being here with you and I really appreciate this time. Aw, thanks. I wish we were actually sitting together. Are you a tea drinker or are you a coffee drinker? I'm drinking tea right now. Yeah. <laughs> I I I cup way back on coffee, so I drink a lot of tea. Yeah. And but I still do have like my pumpkin coffee. But it, it, that's what I want it to feel like. I hope people, you know, get the feeling that we're just, you know, sitting around, sipping our tea, getting to know one another, and tackling some, you know, big issues and having some laughs along the way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I do want to say one thing. I do <gasps> want to say one thing. I knew it. There's yeah. one more thing. <laughs> and and I, I just like to say this to people because... Um, you know, who doesn't want to be peaceful, right? Who doesn't want to be happy and balanced? There's not yes. a person on this earth that doesn't want to experience that. Not and, at all. And that, you know, this this whole message of going towards oneself as opposed to going away from oneself, what this does is it builds this infrastructure, right, for us to do the hard work of our life. And that... for people that don't have that inclination or can't do that or can't get there, it's only because they're just not strong enough to do that yet. That's it. It's not good, bad, or otherwise. It's just that they're not yet strong enough. So the question really becomes, how do I create the infrastructure, the strength to find my way in if the inclination is there to go? Yeah. That's cool. I like that, right? No I judgment, like it's not man. Not good, bad, or ugly. No I judgment, I don't, I don't, right? I don't like, yeah, I don't like those labels. Yeah. All right, Sarah. All right. It's been a lot of fun for my. Let's keep it real, people. Hopefully, you got a little something in there to make you, you know, feel a bit more peaceful, fun-loving, joyful with all the stuff going on in life and little tidbits to help you along the way and don't forget we'll have all sarah's information that you can look up so you can find her and her book and anything else that you know you're interested in and until next time you know what i'm gonna say toodles thanks for listening be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show and remember 
keep spreading the positive.